This is making stitches and this time get ready for a crochet-tastic double bill of creative chats with crochet designer Hannah Cross from Hanjan Crochet and Amanda Bloom from The Little Box of Crochet. Crochet was kind of my safe place, my kind of escape and, and escape from hard long shifts, midwifery shifts, you know, like it's a wonderful job but it's very tough when it's tough. Um, and I would get home and my husband would be like, you need to do some crochet, you need to calm down, you need to like, process the day. And I think we all do that to an extent, don't we? Every day bundles of, of packets and packets of squares arrive um, from all over the world now. I had my first one from Australia yesterday, so that was thrilling. Um, I've already received enough to make three blankets and I know there are still loads to come. So. The response to this square making has been phenomenal. Hello and welcome to Making Stitches podcast. I'm Lindsay and I'm thrilled to be able to share not just one but two maker chats with you this week. Coming up later on you'll be able to hear from Little Box of Crochet's Amanda Bloom about her amazing fundraising blanket of hugs for Ukraine project. My first guest though is Hannah Cross from Hanjan Crochet, an accomplished crochet designer who can turn her hand to anything from garments to toys to soft furnishings. Hannah's been a regular designer for Simply Crochet magazine for years, as well as publishing her patterns independently online. A former midwife who now crochets full time, Hannah is preparing to launch a crochet course later this spring. I spoke to Hannah a few weeks ago and it was lovely to be able to chat with her after following her work for many years. Hannah, first of all, thanks ever so much for agreeing to come on to Making Stitches. It's lovely to get to meet you after after years of, of seeing your work in, in magazines and online. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, can I take you back to the beginning, Hannah, and um, just oh, find out what it was that, that set you off on your, your crochet adventure? Well, it's a bit of a, it's not, I think it's a similar story to lots of people, really. I was, I was living on my own and I had to have some knee surgery and I couldn't really move anywhere or do anything for six weeks. And I was thoroughly bored. I did a massive cross stitch. I used to be a big cross stitcher when I was younger. And um, yeah, I finished that in the first, first week. And then I had lots of friends. I was the kind of age that lots of friends and family were having babies. And I thought, well, let's crochet some blankets. I literally had no more thought than that. I had no massive desire to do it. Um, my dad had taught me to knit when I was young because um, he was really slow and I could follow him. Whereas my mum's a really good knitter and crocheter and I just couldn't follow her. She was too quick. So I kind of had the, the, the I could hold tools and I could hold yarn, but I couldn't crochet at all. So I just made a granny square and a massive, massive, massive granny square that became a blanket. And I literally have not stopped since. I don't know what it is about it, but I just couldn't stop. Um, and then my designing career came quite quickly from that because I asked my husband, I cannot follow a set of instructions at all, not a chance. So I literally just made stuff up and I was just like, well, I'm going to change. Oh, I want to change the dimensions. How do I do that? And I had to like set myself challenges, how to work out, how to do things, quite a mathematical mind. And, um, and yeah, then a friend that I was working with said, why don't you sell your patents? And I was like, mm, okay, yeah, whatever. 
and and I thought I will give it a go. And so I started on Etsy initially, and then Ravelry, and then Simply Crochet, as you mentioned. Like I've been with them since like issue two. They um, invited me to what I thought was like a, um, I thought they wanted me to make samples for the magazine. But so I just went in with no expectation whatsoever. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And they said, no, we want you to design for us. And I was like, okay, really me? I, had, I honestly had no idea. And like, that's like 10 years ago now. That's crazy, isn't it? Um, and then it just snowballed from there, really. I did it uh, part-time on the side of being a midwife. Um, um, and but the last year I've now stopped being a midwife which is very sad but in some ways is also really wonderful because it means I can do this full time um, and be be a mum and work from home and all that kind of stuff and so yeah Hanjan is now my full-time job how wonderful and I was going to ask a really long answer sorry (laughs) (laughs) we like long answers um I was just going to ask you really now you've answered the question that you're doing it full time but it must have been really hard to to fit all this design work around family life and a very demanding job yeah so I was working full time as a midwife um up until I had our first child and then I went back part-time after we had him and then when we had our second son um like my husband was really ill when he was very very young um and everything changed like life completely changed and I had to rethink everything and that was kind of the turning point for me because I knew that I couldn't carry on doing all three things I knew I couldn't be the mum I wanted to be be a midwife and do crochet and for some time it was the crochet that was going to go um and now looking back I'm like oh my goodness I'm so glad I didn't but yeah when my husband felt ill I was just like no i I need to be at home, however that happens. Um, and so, yeah, crochet came to the forefront and and here we are today. Blimey. So would you say that your crochets helped you, aside from um, giving you an income, but, you know, holistically to cope with having a difficult Absolutely. time? Absolutely. And throughout the years as well. So as I said, when I was, I was living on my own, I was quite lonely. And then my husband and I, we moved across the country and we didn't know anyone. So I had... You know, I am, I'm quite an outgoing person. I love going out and meeting new people, but it is still quite scary, isn't it, starting up somewhere new. So crochet was kind of my safe place, my kind of escape, and, and escape from hard long shifts, midwifery shifts, you know, like it's a wonderful job, but it's very tough when it's tough. Um, and I would get home and my husband would be like, you need to do some crochet, you need to calm down, you need to like process the day. And I think we all do that to an extent, don't we? Well, I, I certainly use it for that. Absolutely. It's so therapeutic because you can you can lose yourself in it, can't you? Just the repetitive yeah. action of, of, of rows and rounds and whatever. So, yeah. yeah. And I was talking to someone recently and I was saying, like, for me, it has two levels, crochet. Like, I can work uh, the exact same stitch, you know, for rows and rows and rows of a blanket or I can and lose myself or I can lose myself in a really, really difficult, like, mosaic chart that uses every ounce of my brain like however you want to get lost you can get lost whether it's easy or whether it's complex absolutely oh that's a really good way at looking at it actually it is an escape <laughs> however you dress it up yeah 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 definitely now your designs cover a very wide range of different things like you said you say in your website that you don't have your own crochet niche I mean you've done toys you've done clothing you've done blankets and soft furnishings and uh where do you get your inspiration from 
Oh gosh, everywhere, everywhere and anywhere. I think it's I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a magpie and a bit of a jack of all trades. And I, I love a challenge. So and I think it also comes from initially working for the magazines so much. I did loads of commission and the way commission work often works is that you get a brief, a very clear brief, and they choose your colours and they choose your theme. And it's like a little I found it great to be a challenge to say, right, can can I make a hat out of these colours with this kind of stitch in this theme. Um, and I love that. And I think that's now why I feel so free to create whatever I want to create. And I don't want to pigeonhole myself or narrow myself down. And I think that's what my followers now come to expect from me. They, they don't know what to expect. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I think I have kind of like a, I have a style, but not necessarily a theme, if that makes sense. Indeed. So variety is the spice of life then. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want to make the same thing over and over again. No, things get very boring that way, don't they? <laughs> Definitely. So when inspiration strikes you, though, is it do you immediately have to get the hook and the yarn out and, and just kind of create what's in your head? Or is it something that might just be a germ of an idea that might take days or weeks or months to come to fruition in your mind? Bit of both, really, because I I sometimes <laughs> it's really funny because my husband like if we're having a conversation walking along somewhere um, and I drift off somewhere he's like you're designing something aren't you and I'm designing something in my head and I very often will work out like the structure of a garment for example in my head and I'm like well if I do it over the shoulder and like this and down to there and like he's like are you listening to me I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> so I will very often do I will design it in my head and then I will scribble it down. If, if, I'm, if I'm able to, I like to play with stitches first. So I will grab my hook and yarn and just have a go. But again, it kind of depends on what I'm doing. If I'm designing it for myself or if it's commissioned um, or if, you know, how tight my deadline is, all those things like dictate how I go about designing. I see. Now, it's one thing to design a blanket, and, and do rows or squares or, or whatever pattern and quite another to design a garment that needs to be sized how did you go about getting your head around I mean you said you're quite mathematical which is fortunate I imagine but how do you yeah. go, go yeah. about <laughs> doing that oh gosh um, a lot a lot 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 of trial and error from the, I, I, I do firmly believe that if you can make, because lots of people are scared of even making garments, aren't they? Let alone designing. Like if you can make a blanket, you can make a garment because it's just a load of blankets sewn together or joined together or made in a, in a way. Like there's nothing that complicated about garments, but I think we make them feel complicated. And they do, like, they, they do look complicated, don't they, when they're written, because the patterns are so long sometimes. Um, but from a design point of view, I used to just kind of think, oh, well, I'm going to make it in my size. So I'd kind of measure it up to myself, how big I want it to be, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of wing it, for want of a better way of saying it. Um, and it would always work out. But then I would have to work backwards from my sample to work out how to make all the other sizes. So uh, what I've done in more recent years is that I use a spreadsheet from the very beginning to size everything. So I, it, I don't make anything until the pattern is written and I can tweak it at backwards, if that makes sense. Yeah. If while I'm then making a sample, I figure out, oh, no, actually, I'd prefer the neckline to be like this or this, then I'll go back to my spreadsheet and change my numbers. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely a process and it's definitely a learning curve. 
but it's it's completely doable it just takes practice like anything just takes practice Absolutely. Now, referring back to your your website, um, I, I I went down the rabbit hole of your wedding and the fact that you decided oh. to yarn bomb your wedding, which I think drew you to the attention of uh, of Simply Crochet. Can you tell me a little bit about yeah. that and and how it all came together? Yeah. Well, um, it, it, basically because I'm really tight and I didn't want to spend loads of money on this. Because weddings are so expensive, aren't they? Absolutely. And we've kind of, you know, you make the budget for everything, and then you kind of, oh, well, we need something to wear, we need someone to get married, we need some food for everyone, and they're they're really expensive. And then I was like, oh gosh, we need like flowers and decorations and stuff. And then I was just like to my husband, I was like, can we just, should we just make it ourselves? And he was just like, you mean you make it, Hannah? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So I just got on this kind of mission, like I'm, I'm again, I'm one for a challenge. So I made my, I crocheted my bouquet, the bridesmaid bouquets, my, my headpiece I made, like things for the table, like I did some mandalas for the tables um, and bunting. We, I, I made bunting for the reception hall and everything. Um, yeah, I just love the challenge and it meant a lot to do it as well. Plus the fact it saved us an awful lot of money. <laughs> I can well imagine, but blimey, how many triangles did you have to make <laughs> to make oh, something for all, a reception it, hall? It, it was it was a lot of work, and I was still finishing my bouquet because I left my bouquet to last because I was like, well, I need to make sure everyone else has got one. Um, and so, I, the morning of like one o'clock in the morning of the wedding, I was still finishing like the last touches, but. Yeah. Blimey. Oh, well done you, though, to actually pull it off. That's quite an achievement. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> not one I'd, I'd recommend, not to the extent that I did. It was a bit stressful towards the end. I was like, oh. <laughs> I've got to ask you, where does the name Hanjan come from? Obviously, Hannah is oh, your name. but Yes, Han. And my mum, my mum is Janet. So it's Hanjan um, because cause she, she taught me yeah, she didn't enjoy teaching me because I wasn't a very good student. But she taught me how to make a granny square. And she, she's very much an inspiration to me because she's one of those women who she literally, whatever she puts her hand to, craft-wise or cooking-wise or anything, anything with her hands, she can just do. And she just knows how to adapt things and how to, how to make things work. Marvellous. Somebody we could all aspire to then in that case. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what can I ask you what you're working on at the moment or is it all top secret? Oh no, I never have terribly top secret things, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always spilling beans. So I've I've recently been working with I've been doing lots of collaborations recently with other designers because the crochet designing world can be quite lonely at times. Um, you know, just sort of now having gone from being a midwife and working with teams and teams of people every day to now sitting at a computer most of my life, not talking to anyone. So I've been teaming up with two designers, one that's in Florida and one that's in Canada. And we are doing like these crochet collections and we are producing like eBooks of ours that we all put a design together. And then we do crochet alongs, which we run in our like community groups. Um, So I'm working hard on the next collection for that. Um, And then I'm basically designing everything for the rest of the year. I don't know why I always do this. I like plan everything out in January and then just start making. So I'm already making quite a few garments ready for the autumn and winter. And like all my summer stuff is kind of done. I've got lots of blankets ready for the summer. 
because I like to ask my audience like what what they'd like from me and they always always say blankets so there's some blankets coming or they, they take so long to make mm. um and get out there and everything so so that's that and the other thing that I'm working on at the moment is more um like tutorials and stuff for the blog because people seem to really like it's all very well having tons and tons of patterns but actually learning techniques and skills I think is what people want too absolutely if you don't have somebody nearby who can impart their wisdom on you it's yeah it's important that they have that people have that resource in order to to learn themselves definitely and how do you find the kind of the teaching side of things because obviously that's effectively what you are when you're writing tutorials and helping people through I know it's really strange I never thought I would I would be but I do I really enjoy it I've made quite a lot of um like tutorials to go along with my patterns so as a version of pattern support as it were I do like these really long rambling videos that I then just put on YouTube and people can watch you know and dip in and dip out of um but I really enjoy it because you know like I'm not an expert in every aspect of crochet at all but what I know you know, I can I can pass my my knowledge on quite happily, um, and there are definitely better ways of doing things than I do them. I'm absolutely sure of that. But I'm very happy to say, well, this is how I do it, and it works for me. Go and try it yourself, and that's what I love about like crochet and knitting, all these crafts, is that it's not one size fits all. It doesn't matter how you get to where you get. It's just enjoying the process. Absolutely. What would you say is the best thing about this this change in direction in your life then and, and to be completely creative full time? Oh gosh. I think it's I think it's really wonderful because I've always known that this is what I, I should do something creative. I was always very creative as a child, but you kind of you know, I got steered into different directions and stuff and it doesn't happen, but I'm I'm glad it's happened now. Um because because I'm at the point in life where it's really working for me. And so that's that's what's so wonderful. It's the fact that I can be creative and expressive and I can also be the person at home that I want to be. It's come at just the right time for me. Oh, that's wonderful. So uh, you say you've got a busy year planned ahead with blankets and garments and things. What's uh, what what does the future hold for for you and Hanjan Crochet? Oh gosh, it's a very good question. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> there were no, um, no. This has all happened so very quickly. Um, getting, getting more and more followers, and and it being able to be a full time business for me. That um, that I don't have a grand plan, <laughs> other than just to keep going and keep creating good things that people want to make and creating good content. Um, but yeah, a bit of a sort of an exclusive. I've hopefully May ish time. Um, I'll be coming out with my first course, crochet course. How so that's quite exciting. Um, and yeah, just not more of the same but kind of responding to what people want from me because I think that's important I want to I want to be me and stay me but I also want to provide what my community would like from me oh how wonderful well it sounds like you've got a very exciting time ahead hope so (laughs) well Hannah I really appreciate your time because obviously you're incredibly busy with everything that's going on. But thank you so much for for taking the time to speak to me for Making Stitches. Oh, thank you for having me. It was so lovely to speak to Hannah. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what beautiful designs she comes up with in future. You can find all of Hannah's links in the show notes for this episode. 
And now for part two and a very special blanket project which was launched in reaction to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It's been instigated by Amanda Bloom from Little Box of Crochet who first appeared on Making Stitches back in the first series two years ago. It was great to be able to chat again. Amanda Thank you so much for joining Lindsay. me for Making Stitches again. <laughs> Hello. Oh, it's my pleasure. I was so pleased when you um, suggested it because it's been a while, hasn't it? It has. Yes, you were in the first ever series of Making Stitches way back in the spring yeah. of 2020, nearly two it years. Was. Gosh. I think I might have been your second person. You were very early oh. on. Yeah, yeah. I know. A lot's oh. happened since then. Hasn't it, it certainly has for both of us, yeah. without a doubt. <laughs> You were in Gibraltar and now you're here. I know, I know. And, and I was above you were, craft over That's here, right. And now I'm in Winter Cottage. How wonderful. <laughs> oh dear. Well, Amanda, the whole point of speaking to you today really is about your current fundraising project. Um, yeah. The Blanket of Hugs for Ukraine, which oh. you've given me a sneaky peek of and it looks yeah. absolutely stunning. I'm squeezing it as we speak. <laughs> I can it's see. very cosy and gorgeous. Very, yes. It's just been wonderful because I was feeling so helpless. You know, I think we all were, weren't we? Absolutely. And um, I, I just couldn't think what to do um, to help. And then I was chatting to Moo and having a moan about how I couldn't think how to help. And I was having extreme ideas like... Um, allowing a Ukrainian family or inviting a Ukrainian family to come and live in my house and me going to live in my camper van. But I thought that's not really sustainable in the long term. Um, and then Moo said to me, but you have got a resource that you, you're not using, which is our LBC family, our little box of crochet family. So um, that was the start of it, really. And then Lovely Kate Eastwood at Just Poodling said I could use the pattern which she designed for Jenny's blanket of hugs, um, which I still sleep under every night. And that was great because it meant I didn't have to do that really difficult bit of um, designing a, a blanket. We already knew it really worked. Um, so, yeah, so off we, off we set. And what's the response been like so far? It's been amazing. I've, um, the postman and I are loving it. We've become really good friends. <laughs> so every day, bundles of, of packets and packets of squares arrive um, from all over the world now. I had my first one from Australia yesterday, so that was thrilling. Um, I've already received enough to make three blankets, and I know there are still loads to come. So the response to this square making has been phenomenal. And I opened the donations um, a couple of days ago, and that's gone really well. Um, we're already up to £1,500 Marvellous. between Facebook and Instagram. Um, so I'm, I'm really pleased with that. And I know there's a lot more, a lot more to come. Um, I've used those platforms because it's easy for people to donate and um, they're donating to DEC. And I always forget what this stands for. Emerge, disaster and emergency something um, and 100% of the money will go to them and they and then they in turn use that to support the charities on the ground there um, 
And yeah, it's going really well. I just need everybody to share and donate, share and donate. And and as the blankets are finished, I'll be drawing one name from the list of donors um, put together and and they'll be receiving a blanket. So there's been obviously more than one blanket to, to give away. Um, you'll notice I'm very carefully not saying the R-A-F-F-L-E word because I think that triggers things on, on Instagram and um, Facebook that we don't want to happen. So we're calling it giving it away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but really, you've got to make a donation. Yes, absolutely. You know, say that, yeah. Oh, it's so, wonderful. Um, it's going really well. I'm and really I'm loving pleased. it. It's giving me, giving me a focus and keeping me busy. That's absolutely wonderful. Creative enjoyment. Yes. Oh, it's so nice that this, because this, you were saying about Jenny's blanket of hugs. That was such an amazing, uplifting experience. It it was magical. You you know, for Jenny and I, it was magical. And, And the love that people put into it. You know, Jenny, in the end, there were, there were seven blankets made. Um, and, and Jenny had the first one and then I had the second one and the others were raffled off to raise money um, for various cancer charities and we raised thousands of pounds but for Jenny and I we, we used to sleep under our blankets and we really felt because they were quite weighty they just felt like all that love pressing into our bodies it was lovely and now you know I've got Jenny's now and, and when she died I wrapped her in mine and she's you know she's in her little flower box wrapped in her blanket of hugs um it was so special and you know with this one I knew we could do it again I knew we could you know the crochet community is just so kind and um proactive you know rally around and, and get the job done it's brilliant sounded a bit like boris then didn't i sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> but, but the crochets do actually get the job done. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and so quick off the mark as well i mean it was just yeah. a matter of oh. days and you were already yeah. receiving parcels through the post so that's absolutely. marvelous three days after i announced i received the first parcels and of course i've been making busy busy making squares as well while i was waiting and then once it started arriving i've transferred my my time over to joining and tasseling um and i decided i'm going to do some embroidery as well i thought on each blanket, I'll do one square with something embroidered on, you know, a oh, how lovely. or something. I thought I'd try and find a Ukrainian national flower or a, a design that I can embroider on. So um, I'll do that on each blanket. I'm really enjoying it. Oh, wonderful. Are you joining them single-handedly, though, or have you got some assistance? Well, the first one I've joined, um, and then I went to my knit crochet group yesterday, and the lady there very kindly offered to join the second blanket Susie's shout out to Susie she's joining and edging that one for me so I'm about to start on my second blanket which will be the third blanket um so yeah I think there's going to be more so we'll see how it goes I think Julie's Julie said she'll help me and I know there's lots of people have offered to help so I know the help's out there if I get overwhelmed and then, oh, that's you never know, Betty might even join in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that yes, would be interesting. 
So if anybody <laughs> doesn't know of you and Little Box of Crochet and they want to get involved, what what should they do? How can they get involved in donating or making squares? Okay, so if they go to my either my Instagram or my Facebook page, both of which are called Little Box of Crochet, um, they'll find all the information there and the links. Um, and the pattern is free to download from our shop. Sorry, I'm making a rustling noise there, Lindsay. Sorry. Um, free to download from our, our website. So if you go to the website and click on books and then look, you'll see... Um, sorry, click on shop and then books, you'll find the free download there. Um, and the pattern itself has got all the time scale, my address and all that stuff on it. And for anyone who wants to donate, um, again, if you go to my Instagram page or my Facebook page, um, you'll find the links there at the top of the page. So, and if anybody's struggling, message me and I'll help. Um, but I, I think it must be fairly straightforward because we've already had a lot of donations. So. That's marvellous. Yeah. Oh. Please get donating. Tell everybody. Uh, I'll do, do my best. best <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, Amanda, thank you so much. It's been a real treat to speak to you again, and hopefully we'll get to meet in thank person. For... Yes, we will. We will have a plan. Thank you for letting me letting me talk about it, Lindsay, and hopefully it'll help get the word out. It's my absolute pleasure. Take care, Amanda. And you. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, there you have it. If you'd like to get involved in the Blanket of Hugs for Ukraine with Amanda by either making a square or donating, you can find all the links to do that in the show notes for this episode. Amanda would like to receive all the squares by the middle of April, ready to be joined and made up into beautiful blankets. All funds raised, which last time I checked stood at around the £3,000 mark, are being donated to the DEC, Disasters Emergency Committee, for its work in Ukraine. Now, like so many other people over the past month or so, like Amanda, I was feeling helpless about how to help the people of Ukraine at this dreadful time. So I did something I can do, and that was to design a new Amigurumi friend to join the Up the Garden Path range in the Making Stitches shop. She's based on a sunflower, the national flower of Ukraine, and is called Sophia, after St. Sophia's Cathedral in Kiev. All profits from the sale of the Sophia the Sunflower PDF pattern will be donated to the UNHCR aid effort in support of Ukrainian refugees. You can find details for that in the show notes too. And a huge thank you to everyone who has bought a pattern so far. The first donation of £65 has already been paid to the UNHCR. That's all for this episode of Making Stitches. I'll be back again in two weeks' time with another inspiring maker story for you. This time with Claire Albans from Hello, Hooray Blog and Haberdashery, who'll be speaking about her love for hand embroidery. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, take care and enjoy your crafting. <laughs>